0: on with Rebecca and Jason. Are you gonna
1: love them or hate them? Here, Here comes, comes the binge. binge. Hey all you cool cats and kittens, welcome to the binge in which a couple of homos in quarantine talk about the latest would have been in movie theater releases. <laughs> I am Jason Leroy
0: and I'm Rebecca Olarte, and today we have 3 movies for you. Big Time Adolescence, Swallow and Blow the Man Down. And as always, because, you know, everything's super consistent and normal right now, uh, we're going to rate these movies on a three-tiered scale, with binge it being our highest rating. Consumer moderation means it's okay, but kind of meh. And send it back means?
1: I mean, when you're under quarantine, just who cares? Watch whatever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> send it back. Is that a phrase from something that people do?
1: Mm, I feel like it rings a certain bell from the before. but i couldn't quite put my finger on it uh so
0: would i just tell the delivery person to send it back to something send what back
1: it's one of those like archaic old-timey sayings that just doesn't quite resonate for today's world
0: Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: so so really uh life doesn't feel particularly short in this moment that we're in (laughs) Uh, so life is, I, I dare say, no longer too short for, uh, <laughs> for, for that mess. Because what else are you going to do? Uh, <laughs> just watch the movies. What the hell? Go for it.
0: <laughs> it's both incredibly short and so long.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult to know if uh, we'll look back on this period of our lives afterward and be like, that really was just a blink of an eye. Um, <laughs> but if anyone does say that punch them because this certainly (laughs) did not feel that way while we're in the middle of it Uh, guys we are uh, doing our first ever remote episode of the binge Uh, this is something that we were likely going to have to do eventually uh, due to a relocation that is in my near future possibly who knows that's presumptuous to think that there is a near future but
0: what's the future (laughs)
1: Uh, well there, you know, as, uh, as you know, and as we haven't said yet on the show, uh, I am quite, uh, likely going to be moving to Los Angeles, uh, in the next few months.
0: No, no. Uh, I mean, what is like future, like as a concept? What oh, is sure.
1: I see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's, I, I do. I, I apologize for bringing up such an abstract concept. Uh, once again, archaic old timey doesn't resonate anymore. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so we're doing our first ever remote episode, uh, so you won't get to enjoy quite the, the level of crisp audio that, uh, we use. actual chemistry. Yes. And the actual chemistry, you will, you will no longer, uh, hear me and Rebecca sort of narrate to you what each of the other is doing physically, uh. (laughs) I will no longer talk about Rebecca running her hands through her hair violently. She <laughs> will no longer talk about me just sort of falling off the chair and crawling around on all fours. Just the things that we would do, um, you know, just sort of wherever the conversation took us. But <laughs> that is a—that's uh, all behind us now. We're just two voices talking uh, over the internet, and um, hopefully, it'll still sound okay. Uh, Rebecca, how has your quarantine been going so far?
0: Um, I mean, I I can't complain. Everything um, has been fortunate. Luckily, um, myself and uh, the people around me have been uh, healthy. My family um, and you know, just trying to uh, s- stay informed, stay busy, um, try to have some normalcy. Try not to develop a drinking problem. <sighs> mm. How about develop. you? <laughs> right. Sure, develop
1: right. <laughs> develop. That's that's what we'll go with. Uh, <laughs> or, or, Reignite uh, ex- an
0: old flame with alcohol.
1: <laughs> extend, intensify, other 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 verbs. <laughs> uh, uh, it is true that uh, you know that most people in your life have have respected those boundaries. Uh, one person that didn't was me just yesterday.
0: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Uh, Rebecca uh, swung by to uh, to pick up a few things that uh, were needed to create this recording that we're making today from our respective homes on opposite sides of the bay. And, uh, and, you know, we were very careful about it. I pre bagged the items so I could just very quickly hand them off and then jump back. Uh, But then apparently I undid that good work by blowing a kiss, which I thought was affectionate. And to be clear, I was not actually kissing my hand and, and blowing with my mouth. i I just nearly did a gesture, but it was enough to make Rebecca nearly just shoot me right there on the spot.
0: I've just been waiting for a reason.
1: <laughs> it didn't go great. <laughs> uh, my attempted affection. but uh, so, but we did just see each other yesterday, and that was enough to have one last in-person fight to tide us over uh, <laughs> for the uh, for the foreseeable future. Again, sorry to say, future. <laughs> But, uh, but yes, I, I would, I would agree, uh, Rebecca and I are both, um, incredibly fortunate. Uh, we both have jobs that we can do remotely. Um, and, uh, you know, we both have, uh, you know, a person that we get to share this with, which is, which is, you know, I guess probably has its ups and downs.
0: (laughs) I mean, here's the thing. I've, I have never seen teacup be this aggressive interesting. Oh, we said person. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but I knew I did, I didn't kind of, I didn't mention this, but there's a, a power dynamic in the house that's shifted. Um, you know, mm. coming in and out in a, in a normal day to day had a very like, you know, Saul and I are the people and Teacup is the cat. But now that we're here all day long, um, I think she like thinks that she owns the house in the daytime hours and is just really, um, bossy, uh, insistent, um, constantly stealing our food. It's, um, it's, it's, uh, there's a, there's some, there's some power play going on here at the house.
1: You know, that's interesting because I have heard that really with the streets of the city now being so empty that nature is kind of gradually taking back its control. Like, Mm. Like there are all these reports of coyotes just literally roaming the streets of San Francisco. Oh. And uh, and then we've been seeing a lot more seagulls like we're you know, we live a bit further inland in the city, uh, but we don't usually see seagulls. But since there are fewer tourists uh, who are feeding them down at the wharf, they are now flying inland to demand food from anyone <laughs> who happens to be unfortunate enough to be outside when the seagulls come 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 knocking. uh but yeah no that's so i feel like even though teacup is an indoor cat uh who is now has more humans around than ever before she's gotten the memo from just like nature at large that this is their moment to reclaim the power
0: Mm -hmm. it's happening domestically too
1: (laughs) (laughs) domestically (laughs) wow That's, that's weird that is, I mean, I feel like going forward, we'll have to ask her permission to tape this show.
0: Oh, I actually did. She, <laughs> she gave you about 20 more minutes, so we got to talk fast.
1: Got to yeah. wrap it up, got to wrap it up. Uh, have you found, I know we were talking earlier about how now it seems like a lot of us have so much time to watch things. Have you actually been watching more things uh, during the last few weeks of uh, isolation?
0: A little bit, um, almost kind of in a roulette style. Uh, we ended up watching Avatar for the first time.
1: <laughs> that is indeed Russian roulette. Uh, that's why would was. call that.
0: Yeah. Holy shit! Does that <laughs> suck? <laughs> <laughs> it's so
1: bad, right?
0: My God, it's what? terrible. How Avatar
1: was ever a cultural sensation, even at the time, was lost on me. Like, I get that at the time the effects seemed cool, I guess. Um and it kind of helped bring in the 3D revolution that I'm just which now we were thinking. We're all waiting for <laughs> with bated breath. Uh, and and but even at the time I was like, this is a terrible fucking movie.
0: So bad. And and now we're watching Inception, which I, I feel like is an example of you know, you're watching a movie and you're really impressed with the technology. And I know it's 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 much newer, but it's also like the story is not offensive and mm-hmm. it's clever and thoughtful and the, you know, the visuals are amazing. It's tech technically uh, a feat. What like the, like, uh, because I mean, it's in bright colors and, and 3d avatar, the, the, the script, the dialogue, the acting is so fucking terrible.
1: Last known time Ellen page ever wore a dress. I believe. Oh uh, yeah. Was a, uh, was in that movie.
0: Uh huh.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah yeah no, that's interesting i don't remember uh the acting being terrible uh but i'm sure if i were to go it, it, it was in Avatar? just oh in in inception
0: oh no no no. i'm talking oh i'm sorry i'm saying like in inception you have a movie that is also oh. like a landmark for for technology but it's mm-hmm. also has right. these the other things going for it. right and and that i don't know you don't have to sacrifice one for the other right you can have a, a technical movie uh that pushes the boundaries that also isn't a flaming pile of shit yes like avatar
1: indeed i would agree uh so if you're a fan of avatar shame on you Yeah, Uh, we don't understand please feel free to hit us up we have nothing better to do than to engage on the subject of why you think avatar is a good movie if that's a if that's a belief that you hold
0: yeah i'm really into getting a new nemesis right now i have the bandwidth
1: (laughs) just itching for a fight. (laughs) Uh, and I know it's also like, it's so important I have found to not have any negative energy. Like if you are like Rebecca and myself, if you are quarantining with another person, Mm. it is so, so, so very important to keep positive energy
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) because if there's any negative energy, you are trapped with that.
0: Mm -hmm. Which is nice. That's why. The teacup thing provides a good outlet, right? We have a shared, <laughs> we're united as humans in this power battle with our cat. Maybe we need to get a, uh, maybe take in one of those gulls, and then <laughs> you and Scott can be <laughs>
1: just do some some lighthouse style feuding with the gull.
0: <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's spring. That's
1: fantastic. Yeah. No, that's true. Yeah. We we do need a a common something to unite us. You know, sort of like a shared foe, like an asshole boss that lives in the house with us. And that sounds like that's what teacups occupying for you two right now.
0: Exactly. <laughs> what have you been watching?
1: You know, I I I am I am somebody who has not really found the this extra time um, to to watch things. I know that. I mean, work is keeping both of us very busy. I know for you as well. Um, but one thing that we haven't tried to do is actually watch, uh, movies, <laughs> not the movies we're talking about on this episode, which I had to watch back to back last night. Mm. But, uh, but you know, I, I am, you know, I stupidly ha- uh, always buy physical criterion copies of so many movies and just never, ever, ever watch them. I just display them proudly on my shelf in case anybody looks mm. and, uh, and so I've been really pushing Scott to pick which ones he wants to watch and then we can watch them. So like so far we, we watched, um, being John Malkovich, we watched Rushmore, which he hadn't seen before. Oh my so, God. Did he love it? Yeah. Yeah. He liked it. Uh, you know, it's, it's such a, to watch Rushmore for the first time in 2020, you know, which mm. is I think 22 years after it came out. Cause it was like 98, I think. Uh, you know, it really, it's hard. It's one of those things, movies that was so influential on so many other things that like to watch it now, you almost feel like you're watching something that's like a, a weak derivative version of other things you've seen. <laughs> um, because you know, it gave us the Wes Anderson storybook template cause he didn't really use it as much on his first movie bottle rocket. Mm. It was the movie that kicked off like the, the Bill Murray Renaissance of him as like middle-aged cool sardonic guy as opposed to sort of like fading 80s movie star uh it kind of was pre early aughts hipster boom uh with jason schwartzman's character so yeah it's he he did enjoy it he did enjoy it and the great thing the great thing about the criterion of rushmore is that among the extras they have if you remember the mtv movie awards uh, the year after that came out, they had the Max Fisher players reunite to do um, Max Fisher versions of the nominated films that year. No. So they have these like Max Fisher players versions of um, Armageddon, uh, <laughs> of uh, Out of Sight <laughs> and uh, and a third movie from from that that particular year, and these are just like a couple minutes long, but they have like that kind of just like that scrappy, low budget, you know, high school play production value from um from Rushmore. So oh my god, it's a real treat. But uh, are there any movies or TV shows that you feel like? are especially relevant right now that you'd recommend to people like are you somebody who's running to watch contagion or you like keep me away from anything that (laughs) that feels that reminds me too much of what we're going through
0: uh i'm not i'm not looking for any um movie like contagion i um i guess i've been kind of doing this What are movies that are sort of, like, were maybe blockbustery that I wouldn't normally see? Um, Again, like Inception, Avatar, uh, that, like, you've never made the time for and been making time for. So I haven't been doing that. Um, I will say, I don't know if this is a thing. Um, Do you know if there's, like, if there's any app or program that lets people watch movies together? Is anybody doing that?
1: You know, I think that what people are doing, by and large, is they are just sort of, like, Stinking up over you know their preferred video conference app of choice and are just like simultaneously watching things
0: oh then then i have a movie for that
1: <laughs> go on
0: <laughs> and it's knives out um uh... knives out is a great you know it came out at thanksgiving right uh it's like a great like family or friend like watching with a group of people type movie um and we watched it uh with a friend kind of at the beginning of this uh, r- original shelter and place uh, type situation. And it's just fun. It's a fun time with people. And uh, so I recommend that for group watching.
1: That's interesting. That's a good idea. Um, I actually just uh, was texting with a friend today, uh, and he was recommending um, if you do Zoom and then you share, uh, if one person shares their screen, and then you also uh, FaceTime with your phones. That way you can be like looking at the same screen, but then using a separate device. Uh, like if you're zooming on your you know, laptop or whatever, and then you can use your phone to FaceTime so you can talk and then both be looking at the same screen and have those two different signals be separate, like the screen versus the, the audio.
0: Oh, that sounds like a copyright nightmare, but yeah.
1: <laughs> and we are not endorsing it as the binge <laughs> to be clear. Uh, uh
0: how about you? What are you recommending for, uh, for these times?
1: Well, I will say that, uh, I, one of the, one of the group zooms I've been on in the last few days, uh, is planning a group, uh, call to watch cats. Uh, there's there's been a lot of coverage of cats as sort of like the quintessential quarantine movie, perhaps because it sort of has this upside down funhouse mirror distorted vision of a world that once was and uh and as all the cats kind of wander through this this bizarro world that kind of reminds us of the real world but also is just distorted ever so weirdly and we're like maybe that's how things were who can remember Mm. uh (laughs) it seems like it's really and you know the cats are all sort of lonely and hungry and sad about things that used to happen that don't happen anymore and are all just, you know, trying to do the thing with a jellicle or whatever it was. I'm not sure. But Don't
0: say that word on this podcast.
1: I do apologize. So it seems like it's cats. But one movie that I would recommend if anyone's looking for a more kind of thought-provoking take on a more sort of abstract sort of emotional experience that we're all having right now, I would recommend the movie Safe. From nineteen ninety-five, mm. directed by Todd Haynes. <laughs> directed by you. Of course starring, you do. Of course starring, you are. starring Julianne Moore. Um, <laughs> it is uh, and I'm not the only one recommending this movie right now. I was surprised the other day. I follow um the popular Instagram account, Every Outfit from Sex in the City. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is uh which is a a real a real a fantastic account. I'm sure many of you already follow. Uh, and uh, they surprisingly came out with post in which they recommended that everybody watch Safe. So I was like, I didn't know there was so much overlap between the Sex and the City and the Todd Haynes audience. But um, you, mean
0: you didn't realize there were other gay men besides you?
1: I am always surprised when I find out that I'm not the only one. Interesting. But, uh, no, it's actually run by by ladies. Uh, but in this movie, Safe, is uh, it's a story about a a housewife in southern california in the uh it's it feels sort of vaguely mid to late 80s uh who gradually uh, becomes symptomatic with uh some kind of allergy but to what she doesn't know and uh so she gradually becomes to believe that she is allergic to just her environment and what's her environment is, the, is it the modern world is it chemicals is it pollution Hard to know, Uh, but she uh, starts to sort of withdraw further and further from her reality um, and more and more into these sort of increasingly cult like groups of uh, sort of new age healers who pull other people with her symptoms together to sort of escape the uh, sort of the dangers presented by the world around her. And uh, she sort of, you know, takes her. You know, while her husband and child are sort of just watching helplessly, Uh, it's a it's it's such a a Rorschach test of a movie because it does not tell you at any point what's really happening. Um, It never says what it is that she's going through. And at the time, it was sort of interpreted as more of a commentary on living through the AIDS epidemic. Uh, and, uh, and now, and, and certainly I don't know if anyone else is watching Rachel Maddow, but she has been going out of her way to make connections between the current moment and the early days of the AIDS crisis as well. Mm. So, uh, so Safe is, uh, is, is a, a highly recommended movie. Um, if you do want to watch something a bit heavier and more thoughtful about kind of what we're all going through right now. And if you don't, I fully understand,
0: <laughs> <laughs> If you don't, may I recommend watching the Super Bowl halftime show on YouTube? I've done it probably, I think we've we watched it like 60-something times. Have you? Since, uh, I, I think. I mean, we're not officially counting, but um, almost every time we open YouTube, it, it'll end there.
1: That's fantastic. I suppose there is also um, the Beyoncé Homecoming show movie mm, on Netflix.
0: Good idea. I'm going to watch that tonight. Thank That's you.
1: A- that's yeah, I, I've been like pulling together. I've been looking to see what like concert films are available on my various services, because, of course, like going to concerts used to be the probably the number one reason I leave the house. Um And, uh, and I'm just watching as show after show after show coming up. I have tickets to is being canceled or postponed. And uh, so I'm like, what can I? Oh, that's right. Concert films and uh, certainly mm-hmm. Beyonce's Homecoming is more than just your average concert film uh and also has the enormous Coachella audience there watching so it really is just like this kind of perfect example of all the things that we absolutely cannot do right now
0: Not at all Um I was also uh did what I didn't think I should have ever done which was watch The Mandalorian I mm. knew I couldn't help myself around baby Yoda I knew I wouldn't be able to um and I I couldn't I I, like, yelped through the entire thing.
1: Oh, I loved it? it.
0: It was good. I thought it was really good. I'm not a Star Wars fan, even. Um, and I really enjoyed this, the series. And Baby Yoda, I'm just, like, refreshing the website every day until the, the uh, realistic home version is available. I was going to do—I didn't know that you had to wait. It was, like, on—it's on being made still. And uh, my— um, entertainment during this was going to be, you know, uh, I work from home and we dial in and, you know, everyone's like, oh, the kids are home and all this about like, j- you know, how hard it is to juggle parenting and, uh, and working from home. And I was going to just start living as though I had a, a baby Yoda as my child and like really commit to the charade that I was, um, uh, a parent of a baby Yoda, mm. uh, but they're not made yet, so I can't do it.
1: Now, uh, were you getting emotional at just merely the sight of baby Yoda or were they doing like, okay, so it wasn't like baby Yoda didn't have a sad storyline. It was just merely looking at baby Yoda that was reducing you to this pile of tears.
0: You haven't seen it, have you?
1: No, I have not watched the show, but I'm familiar with baby Yoda because I'm a person who lives on this planet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So you say. Um, (laughs) But just how how can you not look at him and and your your heart just melt?
1: He's adorable. He's very adorable. Uh, the Just memes, a lot. the memes are cute.
0: Memes are cute. It's a weird thing to see memes first and then see the original content and be like, "Oh, that's from the meme." <laughs> I like the the tea drinking scene. Um, mm. it, it's impossible to um, not watch it. You know, wasn't expecting it. The scene comes up and I'm like, "Big little lies." <laughs>
1: It's funny you say that, uh, because I remember when that show first came out and that image of Fabiola of holding the teacup was making the rounds, like somebody on Twitter posted it and was like, in nine months, nine months from now, Reese Witherspoon's social media gay is going to post this with a caption, need my morning Java, <laughs> <laughs> which was such a, such a layered bitchy read on Reese Witherspoon in her social media presence that uh, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't help but stan. So... <laughs> Uh, and I thought Scott would want to watch The Mandalorian, but it turns out he had zero interest. And um, and I don't know what does interest him to watch right now. I just had to, like, force him to watch the first episode of the new Heidi Klum, Tim Gunn fashion show on Amazon, making the cut. And he was kind of, like, pensively, kind of tentatively watching and engaging. But then in the end, the judges picked such a ridiculous winner that he quit the show right at the spot. So I really – it blew up in my face my attempt mm-hmm. to get him to watch that show with me. Oh, no yeah real challenging but uh speaking of things that are streaming um what uh rebecca and i have decided to do for this month and possibly going forward um is to focus on new movies that are available uh either streaming they're either you know new releases that are you know that are on hulu or prime and these are not like just random tiny movies that are just being dropped in there. These are movies that would have been sort of larger releases, uh, that are sort of being rushed into a streaming window due to the closure of all the movie theaters. Um, and eventually we might, we certainly were considering doing some of the bigger movies that are available as like premium VOD, like onward the hunt. Um, but we decided we did not want to pay $20 for either of those. Um, I've seen the hunt already and i think it's garbage uh so uh, i i am kind of relieved that rebecca decided to not pay the 20 dollars for it because it absolutely would have you would not have enjoyed it <laughs> you would not have enjoyed anything about it
0: thank you so much
1: um and onward i think is going to be on disney plus streaming in like next friday so maybe we'll talk about it in april but uh so instead of focusing on those um, more expensive movies we're doing uh, sort of like maybe your second tier titles um, that are sort of more indie leaning and are either available to stream with a subscription to a service, we'll, we'll always be specific about what it is. Um, or if it's just like a VOD rental title, um, that's more in like the reasonable price range and not the $20. Uh, so that is, that's kind of what we're thinking, uh, for, yeah, for this, this, this period in time.
0: Yeah. So, uh, let's get started. Uh, the first one is available on Hulu and it's Big Time Adolescence. A seemingly bright and mostly innocent 16-year-old named Mo attempt to navigate high school under the guidance of his best friend Zeke, an unmotivated yet charismatic college dropout. Although Zeke genuinely cares about Mo, things start to go awry as he teaches non-traditional life lessons in drug dealing, partying, and dating, while Mo's well-meaning dad tries to step in and take back the reins of his son's upbringing. Pete Davidson, I didn't know this movie was happening. Were you aware of this? Yeah,
1: I, uh, this was a movie that uh, I believe played at Sundance uh, two months ago. It's a script that had been on the blacklist uh, a few years prior to that, uh, which is a, sort of an industry, an industry thing where unproduced screenplays that are considered the best unproduced screenplays are sort of given this canonical title as being part of this blacklist. And it sort of surfaces them so that production companies will... Uh, we'll consider them because people who are, you know, sort of writing experts and screenplay experts are like, this is a great story. Um, this is the writing, directing debut of a guy named Jason Orley. And uh, and yeah, it certainly was writing into Sundance with a fair bit of buzz uh, because this was the first movie that would feature Pete Davidson in the starring role. And in uh, Pete Davidson is somebody about who many people have very conflicted feelings <laughs> <laughs> so people were intrigued to see what it would be like to have Pete davidson who up until this point was known primarily for i would i would just say being on snl not so much acting on snl because it doesn't feel <laughs> like there's maybe not the most acting involved uh, in his contribution to the show he's you know he's a personality and then his dating life has made him a bit of a tabloid fixture uh he is uh, rebecca's nemesis from his time dating margaret Qualley.
0: No, <laughs> he's not. But I feel like he is the the negative space of Adam Driver. <laughs> They're like a yin and a yang. They both have this like lot of energy, but they use it in completely different ways.
1: That's interesting. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, because they they neither of them generally could be considered energetic performers. Right. Uh, they're both a bit on the morose mopey side, Mm -hmm. uh, of the energy spectrum, but they are also both completely sort of iconoclastic figures. Like they are really not like anyone else. Like they're Mm -hmm. both kind of odd looking and they both have a very specific presence that they bring to what they do. Adam driver certainly has displayed a great, great, great deal of versatility in his performances, uh, over the last few years, uh, whereas this is kind of the first thing we're getting from Pete Davidson to see who he would be apart from just being Pete Davidson,
0: which is uh, interesting because the um, obvious thing to say about the, this movie and his acting is that he's Pete Davidson.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: yes, uh, I uh, yes, he is Pete Davidson. I, I cannot I cannot deny that. Is that So what was your um, sort of prior experience with him? Like, I can't remember if you're an avid SNL watcher.
0: I am an avid SNL watcher. Uh, I had just recently seen his stand-up, the new special on Netflix. Um, I am a fan of his. I was concerned to watch the stand-up because I wasn't sure how he was going to kind of land and what his energy was going to be. You know, there's a lot of press coverage about his... Uh, struggles. And I I think that sort of unpredictability, you don't know where someone's going to kind of turn next in their performing personality and their kind of take on things. I mean, I think generally he's seems like a really uh, nice guy and, you know, kind of sits on his his mentality is like on the right side of of history with a lot of things. Um, And he's not super problematic. But uh, but I don't know, he's also like edgy enough that I feel like that could kind of turn in a moment, but I, I found his stand-up good enough but, and not, um, problematic. So I am a fan. I feel like I'm always kind of just rooting for him.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: How about you?
1: Yeah, I would agree. Uh, he does not bother me in the way that he seems to make people just angry. Uh, people are, I think there's a sense that some people resent that people who they think are not worthy of being famous for whatever reason, become famous. Hmm. And I feel like that's with Pete Davidson. People are like, he does not deserve to be famous. He is not good looking. He is not funny. He is not talented. He is not charming. Um, and uh, I would disagree. I think he's all of the above. Mm-hmm, um, I agree. And uh, and I, I also I enjoyed the Netflix special. I know people were like, it's not funny. And yeah, it's, it's not like a laugh out loud uh, stand up special generally, um, you know, but, it's, it, you know, I, if you want one of those one that Scott and I both watched recently, that's so fucking good is the Fortune Feimster one.
0: Oh, it's so good.
1: Oh, it's so good. Um, but the Pete Davidson one, it's just really, really personal, you know, and that's what I appreciate about him is that he's really he he doesn't have the tools to really present like a false face to the world. Mm -hmm. Um, like he is a very exposed performer, very personal at all times. And I really appreciate that about him. Um, like you get a very authentic kind of sense of who he is at all times from what he's doing. And, you know, he's, he has that kind of artistic temperament where he really is, he almost kind of hurts himself whenever he is out there doing his art Mm. because he is so exposed and he's been very, very, very open and outspoken about his mental health struggles, and, and I admire that. I think that a lot of people value having somebody on the national stage who will talk so openly about what, you know, what he goes through. Um, and I, I agree that I was, you know, worried that it was going to be like a pissed off ex-boyfriend who would just be, you know, trashing his ex-girlfriends and telling sex stories or something. And it was not that. I think he did, of course, get some jabs in on Ariana Grande, um, which I think, which I did at least enjoy one of them when he was trying to help people understand what it's like to have your ex go on a magazine cover. um, And he said like, he's like, he's like imagine if I just spray paint myself Brown and hopped onto a magazine cover (laughs) (laughs) and just him (laughs) to use the, the term spray paint myself Brown to, to, (laughs) to, to mean just like putting on body makeup the way that she does um, was Uh, hysterical to me (laughs) (laughs) um so anyway that aside so i yeah i was not going into bit into big time adolescence feeling like ah this fucking guy um but i I do also i do feel like it is it is his persona you know this is his his persona sort of perfectly captured in sort of a a well-written movie role that he performs very capably
0: that's uh i couldn't agree more i mean being as the first um, film that he's he's starring in, I think that, OK, fine. Maybe we'll check off versatility later. <laughs> um, it it really is this complete Pete Davidson, the character that you've you've seen on Saturday Night Live and and in stand up and in the press is is who this character is Zeke in the movie.
1: Yes. Um, so in you know, the movie around him, you know, it, it's. I wouldn't say that it's the most inspired or original movie. Yeah, I do think that it kind of has an interesting story to tell that I maybe haven't seen um sort of put center stage the way that does in this movie. You know, we have this premise of yeah, this young kid who, you know, became good buddies with his older sister's boyfriend back when they were dating and the kid was much younger and, you know, you, you know, he was like, what, you know, 12 or something and the boyfriend was, uh, you know, in his late teens. And uh, just looked up to the boyfriend and didn't really realize that the boyfriend was a loser um, and just kind of looked up to him and sort of kept being friends with him in a sort of mentor-mentee relationship um, while his family, while the boy's family is like, what are you doing? This guy is garbage. And, you know, in it definitely the movie – has a lot of it doesn't objectively portray um, Zeke as garbage, you know, like we see his charm. We see that he's, ha- you know, a sweet enough guy who cares about the kid, but also has very bad ideas <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, is ultimately a bad influence on the kid. Uh, so I thought that was sort of an interesting story about, you know, outgrowing people that maybe when you are younger, you really revere. And then you just hit a certain point in your maturation where you're like, oh, okay, like, that that person is not the hero I thought they were. They're just a person, and they have struggles, and uh, and I can maybe learn from those struggles and, and as opposed to repeating them and internalizing them in my own life.
0: Yeah, I think the age difference between uh, Mo and Zeke is, is like, a, a perfect enough of a gap where... I mean, I think Zeke in high school was really cool. He seemed to have been, like, a legend in his school, in the same school that Mo goes to. And then it's kind of what what happens to those folks that don't make that transition into adulthood um, very well and still kind of hold on to that uh, high school antics and personality and lifestyle. And then, so as we see Mo go from someone who thought that was like the coolest thing to him, you know, getting to an age where he's, you know, getting ready to go to college, Zeke also provides for Mo. Like, he listens to him. He, you know, is his best friend. He, uh, he's like, again, this Pete Davidson character who's like, gives him advice and is really nice. And like, sure, there's the partying and the drug dealing. Um, but he believes in him in a way that like teenagers don't often get from their family or from teachers. And then I think that helps make Moe this person that as he's, as he's in this like 18 year old um, uh, age at the end of the movie, he has the judgment to know that he can't follow Zeke as like a, a role model anymore. Mm hmm.
1: Yeah, I was uh, I was reading an interview with uh, the filmmaker and uh, and he mentioned that one this this story is sort of loosely inspired by his own um, teen years. And um, when he was talking about his influences for Zeke and for the storyline, he said he was thinking about the character that Matthew McConaughey plays in Dazed and Confused. Mm. And how in the movie on the one night uh, that we see in Dazed and Confused. The McConaughey character is like a total fun time, Um, even though the year as the years have gone on, he has seemed more and more creepy. Um, Mm -hmm. But at the time, you know, you're just like, oh, this fun guy. Like this is this is the guy you want to hang out with. He's like the older guy. He's you know he's more worldly. Like it's cool. Um, But Orly, the filmmaker, was saying like, however, if you follow that guy over like six years, (laughs) it's going to be a really depressing story. And that was kind of his inspiration for this, for telling the story of this Z character of like, yeah, sure, he's a good time. Um, but if you really like hit your wagon to him over the course of like five or six years, like your life is not necessarily going to be enriched from having done so. Right, right. So I will say that this movie to me works best as a vehicle for Pete Davidson. And I do appreciate that it has a bit more of a naturalistic kind of somber vibe to it. This is not like a this is not like a farce. This is not like a really up tempo kind of slapsticky comedy. It's really it's pretty grounded and pretty serious at moments and a bit of an after school special vibe at times because it kind of is about like a good boy who has, you know, a <laughs> bad influence that he learns is a bad influence and eventually leaves behind. But um I did feel like it was Overly familiar, um, plot-wise, story-wise. Um, you know, like I, as soon as it, it. I watched it last night, right after I watched Blue, uh, *Blow the Man Down*, which we'll talk about later. And maybe because that, to me, registered as being more surprising and original, story-wise. Um, this, to me, since I've seen, as as we've talked about in the show before, so 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 many teenage coming-of-age stories. This one, really, I felt like I barely even had a look at the screen um, because it was just like, just, yep, uh uh-huh, yep, uh uh-huh, sure, yep, now this, yep, and now this happens, mm mm-hmm, yep, okay. Um, Like, I wasn't really um, blown away. Um, So, to me, I feel like it's, you know, maybe a slightly above average uh, teen coming-of-age story, but by and large, it's mainly notable for you know giving pete davidson his first starring vehicle and um you know for sort of being a um sort of a time capsule of his persona at this point in time and, and his particular energy as an artist
0: um agree agree that it's not the most original story um i do think that it feels like the most accurate honest authentic telling of that kind of story though um the characters don't seem like uh, cartoonish um, you know, again, like Zeke being a bad influence is also this supportive, kind guy. Uh, the, fa- his relationship with this, uh, most relationship with his father is also tense and awkward, but, um, it's like people trying to do their best. Um, and his father is played by John Cryer, John Cryer, uh, which I think he gives an amazing performance here as well as being <laughs> in, in what he does best, right guy permanently flustered.
1: right like downplayed ever so slightly to you know for this kind of more indie feeling film so it's not just him being you know apoplectic at charlie sheen on two and a half men or whatever
0: right exactly but guy at the end of his rope um and and so yeah i I enjoyed it i thought it was funny um and i thought it was uh, yeah very uh caring telling of this kind of story
1: i guess one other thing i felt about it was i do i do wish that um the female characters had a bit more autonomy in the storyline. I did appreciate, I feel like the actress who plays uh, Moe's love interest, Una Lawrence, Mm. I really enjoyed her presence because she was really just sort of like spiky and uh, sort of like uncompromising. Mm. And, uh, and it was, I, you know, and it was sort of about like him needing to learn how to, you know, sort of embrace that. But, you know, Sydney Sweeney, who plays Zeke's girlfriend, who's, she was in Euphoria and uh in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood I felt like that character was was kind of I felt like she I mean I I did feel like okay I know that girl (laughs) you know like definitely (laughs) like that's definitely the girl who like dates these dirtbags um but uh and I saw the filmmaker mentioned that he was like oh I feel like I let my mom and sister down because you know this movie doesn't pass the and you know none of the women ever speak to each other or anything like that um but you know that just wasn't the story he was telling uh, but you know he he takes comfort personally that he thinks that all the female characters are smarter than the male characters and that's certainly true, for sure. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think that you know the actresses that are cast are all good. and I just wish that there could have been more from them. But that's that's not to focus of the story. You know, it's no. about Mo, it's about Mo and Zeke.
0: I hope to see more um, from this director.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think this is an auspicious start. And I think he actually did work on the Netflix special too. I think he may have actually even been the credited uh, director on it. So I think he and Pete Davidson really. Um, you know, connected, making this film. Um, so, yeah, I would, yeah, see what's next from them, definitely.
0: What are you giving this one?
1: Uh, for me, it's a consume.
0: Yeah, I would say consume plus.
1: Yeah, I could see. Maybe I a was, binge minus. I wouldn't go that far, but consume plus I would maybe consider. Okay. <laughs> but but, uh, but yes, but uh, yeah, well, point taken, uh, that for you it could be as high as a binge minus. As
0: yes, high? I mean, what does that even mean now? Uh, now? Now that I've seen Avatar...
1: which is many people's ultimate binge plus who can what can even i mean what even there's it defies logic
0: so it screws up the whole the whole grading system um but as we mentioned before um big time adolescence is streaming on hulu and it's rated r for drug content alcohol use pervasive language and sexual references all involving teens Uh, so we, it was a creepy <laughs> laugh. <laughs> uh, anyway,
1: yeah.
0: Movie number two is Swallow. On the surface, Hunter appears to have it all. A newly pregnant housewife, she seems content to spend her time tending to an immaculate home and doting on her Kendall husband Richie. However, as the pressure to meet her controlling in-laws and husband's rigid expectation mounts, cracks begin to appear in her carefully created facade. Hunter develops a dangerous habit and a dark secret from her past seeps out in the form of a disorder called Pika, a condition that has her compulsively swallowing inedible and oftentimes life-threatening objects.
1: So, uh, so this is one of the ones that is, uh, this is a VOD title. Uh, so it's available, uh, you know, this is like an indie art house movie that is available to rent for like, you know, $6.99, something like that. And, uh, and I, I had started to see uh, coverage of it maybe, you know, a month ago or so. And uh, I was just very, I was just very intrigued. This is a movie that has a really great visual identity that is that is a, consistent across all of its marketing, as well as in the visual eye that the uh, cinematographer and the art director bring to it. Um, this is a movie that is gorgeously shot and composed, uh, all of which is you know sort of meant to be uh, you know a commentary on this this so-called perfect life that this young housewife has. Uh, That gradually comes apart at the seams. This is one of those movies that people are recommending because it's one of those things where it's like, you got to see this movie (laughs) Um, because it is surprising. Uh, It is. There's not really been, uh, to my knowledge, a movie made about Pika. Pika is a condition I was not aware of. Really? I had not heard of it. I do feel like I'm the only one because whenever I talk about this movie to people, they're like, oh, yeah, Pika um
0: you're not so also didn't know what it was and then she was like you americans (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay
1: i mean she also didn't know sarah mclaughlin so it's not much comfort for me there but (laughs) (laughs) uh but yes i i yeah i had not i was not familiar with uh with pika and perhaps that's my privilege talking but um it is but it's a movie that is so much is so much more artful and poetic than what you might think if you're thinking oh this is like some weird gross out movie where you watch a woman do this like freak show horror act of swallowing safety pins and 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 thumbtacks and all you know which are things that happen in the movie um i really loved the way the filmmaker um sort of builds a bridge between this like borderline exploitative kind of premise and the really sort of profound character study that results from it um it's a really fascinating story about trauma it's a really fascinating story about control uh it's actually the filmmaker was inspired to make it by his grandmother who was a housewife in mexico in the 50s who developed a a, a compulsive hand-washing habit who'd be doing just fine today uh (laughs) who developed a compulsive hand-washing habit to cope with the lack of control she felt in her life um at that point in time and um and that's you know very much the uh sort of mm, you know that's that's kind of what's happening with this character of hunter is she has started to realize that she has married her way into a gilded cage and she is no longer feeling like she has autonomy or independence She's increasingly feeling like she is the property of her husband and his parents and she is now expected to sort of bear them an heir um and uh and so it starts to act out this you know this need to control something through the pika but then from that uh we open up this whole deeper chasm of her backstory uh and that's something i didn't see coming we definitely won't get into that here because that's a spoiler um but uh but yeah i just felt like throughout this movie i was like i have not seen this movie before and i am intrigued and uh and i i thought visually it was just so perfect from beginning to end the lead actress Haley bennett who plays hunter is is fantastic it's a very controlled very nuanced performance it's not like this i think she understood that to for the movie to work the way that it does um you know she had to just be that reserved with the performance um to 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 maintain the tone that the filmmaker uh wanted so uh what did what did you think
0: Um, I, I feel like you have captured everything I, I I was going to say and everything I felt about this movie. Um, I'm just going to like spot on, um, I think the only thing I would add is that I loved that I I got some strong Rosemary, Rosemary's baby vibes Mm -hmm. from this movie, which I always love. Um, there's, there are, I. At the beginning, because it is so stylized, I thought it was going to be a little bit more of a farce, and it wasn't going to be as much of like a uh, an I don't know. I didn't think that the character was going to open up in a way that in a way that it does. And the I guess you would say the last third of this movie um, com- completely did not expect it. And this this I don't know. This movie defies I think whatever your expectations would be for it based on the way that it looks, and, um, I, movies done about women with, with who's, this is a thing, right, like, a, a lot of women have these issues that manifest because of a lack of control, and, um, and I think they're not usually told in a way that is not this, like, as you mentioned, like, freak show handling, you know, where it's just about the way it manifests and not about the layers of it that, that, um, I would say even when we recently watched in, uh, Invisible Man, right, mm. um, what we didn't like about the movie is that it kind of uh, doesn't honor the, the sensitivity of what causes these issues, why someone wouldn't leave the house, um, by making it too much and too silly and too um, unrealistic. And I think it could have easily gone that way here with the eating of things, and it doesn't. It's it's really reserved and well done.
1: yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that, yeah, campy. You know, you think it could have gotten campy.
0: Yes, thank um,
1: you. Because, yeah, like, it because it does have, like, this very sort of, like, the color palette that's used and, like, as you mentioned, the word, you know, stylized. It's a stylized movie. Um, and it's about this sort of picture-perfect housewife. And these are all, these all feel like clues that you're going to be watching something that's going to get very campy very soon. And it actually goes really hard into sort of, like, yeah, psychological realism, which is unexpected. And I think that's kind of part of the what's so remarkable about the visual design of the movie, because it does become decreasingly stylized as it goes on. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like, as, as the facade starts to crumble and come down, those elements of the movie start to start to lessen. And it's really just really brilliantly sort of executed and mapped out throughout. Um, And, uh, and I think, yeah, the invisible man comparison is a good one because it, it, it you're, you're exactly right. You know, it starts with, well, if anything, this is almost reverse of that in mm. terms of because this that one begins very quiet and nuanced and ends, this, you know, sort of more over the top. And this one leads with the part that is the more sort of stylized part and mm. then switches and by the end is very quiet and very psychological and very nuanced. And um, but, you know, but of course, the difference uh, is that the Invisible Man heightened part is like this ridiculous studio blockbuster. Um, and in this, it's just this really sort of very it feels very Todd Haynes to bring him up again. Um, you know, this very sort of just artful, poetic, beautifully lensed, um, knowingly heightened uh, vision. I think it was because in this, that's part of the the, the master design. Mm -hmm. as opposed to Invisible Man, where it didn't feel like part of a master design. It just felt like the movie kind of selling out on itself.
0: Because I think that um, the stylized also allows the viewer, the the stylized part allows the viewer to also feel controlled, right? Mm. You really, like, you are part of this whole, uh, the way the order of everything is and how intentional everything is. um, It becomes part of your experience as well. Um, And I think that you really hit the nail on the head using the word camp, because, mm. again, you you get those signals, you're thinking camp, and then you don't think of camp as something that is also going to be, like, respectful to the character. Oftentimes, you know, camp has women um, portrayed in ways that are, you know, for the audience uh, to laugh at or, like, I don't know, be entertained by and, and not their story taken seriously.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. This um, is
0: not so, to say this is not camp.
1: <laughs> right. Right. Yes. Uh, yeah, I would, I would agree. Uh, this is, this is just a real find. Like this is a really surprising movie. It's, I mean, it definitely for sure does not flinch from the Pika, uh, especially in the first half. And it is definitely, I don't know about you, but I was, I watched it with, uh, with Scott and our friend Pablo, and we were all going like, you know, at times, so I think, you know, so the movie does give you that. So it's not like it still does show her eating these things and it's in the consequences that eating the things wreak on her body. So it, it does still have that. And it is hard to watch for sure at those times. Did you I don't know if you found those parts hard to watch.
0: Actually, no. Um, so found them a little hard to watch. I, I um, to me, it's, it's I don't know, it just was very clear that it's a movie in a way that. Um, didn't feel gross.
1: And again, your, your profession, uh, has, <laughs> has, has resulted in you seeing many versions of the real stuff, um, you know, sort of horrifying videos of the consequences of people eating things they shouldn't. So what I do understand. I do for a living? <laughs> I know it's just an ongoing question that, uh, the viewers will have to wonder. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I can see how, you know, this movie's depiction of it. You're like, eh, all in a day. <laughs> But uh, if you are not the uh, the salty pro that Rebecca is, you might uh, you might find yourself uh, squirming a fair bit uh, during the during those scenes. But but all of them are done, you know, very with the sort of just the visual precision and taste that the the entire movie is. Uh, So at no point is it like, okay, well, now it's just trying to you never feel the movie being like, are you grossed out? Are Mm you? Are you? It's not it's not that kind of movie at all. Is it, uh, is
0: it rude to give this movie a binge it?
1: <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. Um, But, uh, well, you know, I would say, I would say not at all. I, you know, since it's really ultimately not about uh, binging and purging or anything like that. I would say uh, that I confidently give it a binge it and don't think it's in any way problematic to say so.
0: <laughs> Good. Then I'm giving it a binge it.
1: Binge it. Double binge.
0: Ooh, double binge. Okay, now I think that's maybe a little <laughs> rude. Um, swallow is available to rent on apple tv and amazon and it is rated r for language some sexuality and disturbing behavior third last movie of the what is this a day a week a month lifetime okay uh is blow the man down welcome to easter cove a salty fishing village on the far reaches of maine's rocky coast grieving the loss of their mother and facing an uncertain future Mary Beth and Priscilla Connolly cover up a gruesome run-in with a dangerous man. To conceal their crime, the sisters must go deeper into Easter Cove's underbelly and uncover the town matriarch's darkest secrets. Okay, I have to say it. Blow the Manny by the CO down?
1: <laughs> Am I right? Oh, am I right, ladies? Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, it's funny you mentioned that. I was reading an interview with the filmmakers. Uh, this is the um the writing directing debut of a of a female uh, writer director team. and uh, and they were saying that yeah their DP, uh, their their DP uh, Todd Ben Hazel, who not uh, incidentally was also the DP on hustlers. Um he cited Manny by the CEO. As sort of the opposite of what he what they wanted to do with the sort of the visual POV of this movie, uh, because he was he would always bring up that scene where all the guys are together in the basement and Michelle Williams comes in and is like, "Hey, sh- knock it off, you wrap it up," and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," um, and they really want to identify that kind of that familiar dynamic of like you know, the the woman just being in the background kind of nagging the guys. Um, and then the, but the POV is the guys and he was like, you know, the visual POV with this is going to be the, the inverse of that, where it's always, it's going to be these like New England fishing villages, but the POV is always going to be female. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yes, you are, you are spot on to, uh, to pull out the Manny by the CEO, uh, analogy here.
0: <laughs> um, did you lose your mind over this cast?
1: This is definitely like. A gay dream in the sense that we have a <laughs> we have a number of, uh, of of character actresses of a certain age all uh gathered for sort of a delightful ensemble we have june Squibb, uh we have annette o'toole we have marceline hugo best known to all of us as kathy Geiss from 30 rock <laughs> and most of all best of all we have margot martindale Uh, so, I mean, these are actresses who are sort of usually the only one, uh, (laughs) of the, of their group that are in any one particular movie or TV show. And some (laughs) of them, such as Annette O'Toole, are sort of especially overlooked. So to, I will always think of her from the original TV miniseries of Stephen King's It from, uh, 30 years ago. (laughs)
0: Uh,
1: she was the original Beverly before Jessica Chastain, but uh yeah this was a real dream a cast
0: (laughs) and you also got uh desi from girls who i I thought you you were uh, a fan of no
1: yeah no there is also yeah i was like who oh that guy yeah ebon moss bachrock uh wow
0: nice impressive.
1: uh he's also in the movie and then uh morgan Saylor plays one of the two protagonists and she was brody's uh sulky daughter on homeland Uh, so yeah, there's, and then also, uh, Gail Rankin from, uh, Glow on Netflix Mm. who plays Sheila, Sheila the She-Wolf, uh, has a great performance in this movie. So, uh, yeah, this is a a wonderful, very sort of unexpected ensemble cast. Like whoever the, the casting for this movie is incredible because like, it's all, you know, no one in this movie is considered a big star margot martindale is the biggest name in the movie so whenever that's the case you know it's (laughs) it's it's very it's a very specific casting and um and and everybody in the movie is so fantastic so this is this is a core yes you are you are accurate to sense that i'm excited about this
0: cast (laughs) i feel like you're excited about this movie go ahead drive drive the car
1: all right i'm drunk Uh,
0: you drive (laughs)
1: <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, so what we have here is, uh, we have a sort of a little feminist murder mystery, uh, set in, uh, coastal Maine in a fictional town. I think the actual shooting location of, uh, of Harpswell is a place I actually weirdly have been for my mysterious job that I don't talk about. Um, so that was a surprise for me to discover that. I'm like, I thought that looked familiar. It, this is a movie where within the first 10 minutes or so we have already seen our two protagonist sisters um go to the funeral of their mother who has just passed away and then we watch as one of them um kill somebody in self-defense and then the sisters have to come together to cover up the death so that's like right away these Mm -hmm. things happen and i was wondering watching the movie okay where does it go from here you know, like we already it's not a Who It because we saw exactly what happened. Um, so what's what's the rest of the movie about? And uh, and, it, and sure enough, it is a movie that is is sort of your classic pulling back the curtain on a small town and finding all the secrets that are sort of underneath the the surface. Uh, it is a, it's a unique idea to take the sort of, you know, fishing village town that is, you know, sort of predominantly run by, you know, these, you know, the, the male fishermen and to just not make them the point of it at all, but to instead focus on the women, uh, who are running things, uh, sort of less, uh, obviously Scott did call it, um, old lady gang, uh, while, <laughs> while we watched it, which is also on uh, The Real Housewives of Atlanta, Candy Burris has a, a restaurant called Old Lady Gang that she named after what her husband calls her mother and her two aunties uh, because they have been known to come around and, and cause rumbles. So this, this movie is ultimately kind of an Old Lady Gang vibe. Uh, and it's, I don't want to like get too much into what the secrets are that are uncovered uh, because it's surprising. I was surprised. Uh, oh, same where where things went but let's just say that is about you know all these women who were um who were peers and friends of the of these young girls mother who's just passed and there are sort of three of them that form sort of the power core uh squib o'toole and uh hugo and then margaret martindale plays sort of the outsider who they now are taking issue with because while the mom was alive she kind of protected her and worked with her and now that she's gone um, the sort of quorum of women um, want to challenge her and to possibly make her uh, stop running a business that they uh, take issue with. And when they got into the, the the particulars of this business, were already very surprising to me. And then when we got into the backstory of why it was made, I was like gobsmacked. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's surprising. Uh, so yeah, it's it's it really is just sort of your. Yeah, it's sort of your classic, it's sort of almost you know blue velvety. Uh, you know, people have compared it to Fargo. I would say it's more like Fargo the TV show than Fargo the movie. Um, but uh, but it kind of has that dark humor, small town crime kind of vibe. Uh, although I wouldn't say it's especially humorous. Did you? Uh, what do you no. think?
0: No, I mean I think the the, the sort of bumbling. Police officers mm. who kind of run the, run throughout through this movie add a little bit of the levity to it, and and otherwise it's it's not funny. No, no, it's not a it's not a funny. Like you will find things entertaining about it, but it's not funny.
1: Yes, yeah, I would agree. I I was I I'm yeah. I think I'm glad that we're aligned on that because I was a lot of the coverage I was seeing was like, oh, it's so. I mean, it, it's witty without being funny. You know, like it's it's mm. smart. It's smartly written and smartly plotted. Um, without being particularly funny at all.
0: Right. Uh, you know, you'll you're, you'll be chuffed. You'll be you'll be you'll 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 have a huh. You'll be <laughs> you'll you'll be when you figure things out, or, or when when you're when you're watching, or you're you know figuring out what they wrote, or where where it's going. You'll you'll get a, a pleasant, uplifting moment, but it's not a it's not a crack em up.
1: No, not one of the classic trademark binge crack em ups. <laughs> Uh, Squibb, crack em up. And she, I mean, you can always tell she's just always wanting to do a fart joke at any given time. <laughs> Squib's like, put me in. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, so instead, it's just this really sort of fascinating intergenerational female ensemble that has a lot of surprising backstory that, uh, that gets revealed as the story goes on. This is not this is not an especially fast paced movie, because I feel like what I was saying earlier about like in 10 minutes, you have, you know, two deaths um it is it's still it definitely has the pacing of um of a sort of more of a more indie movie um you know it's not like a it, you're you're not gonna be catching your breath watching this one but it's still it's just a really well-constructed little movie it has a great sense of place you really do feel mm-hmm. like um you know it makes you think about these sorts of small new england towns and um and the, the, the two filmmakers did, you know, have a lot of personal experience with being in Maine at different parts of their lives. And so they're kind of drawing on that and just sort of, uh, you know, drawing on the sort of this older generation of women uh, that it, 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 it's a, in some ways. This is almost like a pre Me Too movie, uh, like a pre Time's Up movie about the lengths that women of sort of like previous generations uh, you know, whether it be you know, Boomer, Great Generation, what have you, uh, the sort of quiet, private, secret um, actions that they took to protect themselves and one another.
0: mm mm-hmm. I, I think this movie also has a when you were saying it, it's not particularly fast-paced, right?
1: Um,
0: but the sense of of tension and and dread and you know, as the suspense about whether you know whether they'll be caught or or what's who's going to um, you know have had enough. Uh, is enough. It's a tricky thing to do. Um, but it, it makes, it doesn't, you're not going to get bored. You're not going to be sidetracked during this, this movie.
1: Yeah, it really, it really did, uh, hold my attention, even though it's quiet and not particularly fast paced and uh, you know it has a great uh, i would say it has a satisfying finish <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and it also has a uh, the unusual device of uh, of repeatedly featuring a group of men singing sea shanties at uh, at regular intervals throughout what did you think of that
0: i loved it i mean this movie is beautiful uh, mm. a real amazing sense of place mm-hmm. um, it's a it's like a really subversive ad for <laughs> remote maine <laughs> it gave me Bon Appetit vibes. Ha! Ah! <laughs> I don't know. Between uh, The Lighthouse, this, and Manny by the Sea, this mm. one is by far the most romantic look at uh, <laughs> New England, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would say so. It definitely, you know, in, in one of the young female characters is, of course, like, the character they've written to be like i want out of here and she already had gotten out and then had to come back for her mom's funeral and is like how much faster can i get the hell out of here and like we're watching it like it's so cute don't you, <laughs> you want to stay look at these cute little shops come on <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh
0: that's to say i love the singing um and yeah the, the especially the end it's so so good the movie is clever the movie is smarter than you <laughs> And enjoy it. Let it let it play with you. Uh watch watch the characters play with each other. It's very cat and mouse.
1: Yes. Yes. And, and and the acting is also uh you know, the actor even 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 Squib who always wants to go borscht belt. Uh she <laughs> <laughs> she reins it in, you know, like all the performances are very subdued. And uh, you know, and even, you know, Martindale is nominally kind of playing the baddie. Um, but even her like I couldn't h I just can't help but like sympathize with her she's just too good you know even if she's meant to be playing somebody who is you know has her villainous dimensions that's part of what makes her such a great actor is that she still brings so much humanity to the role um and we see her struggle and uh and you know she's done characters like this before on shows like the americans Uh, um totally americans
0: uh, vibe
1: oh yeah Yeah, absolutely. This is this is a great performance from her. Everybody is fantastic. This is just a really unexpected great little gem of a movie.
0: Between this one and Swallow, you'll really be impressed by the the stories that you haven't seen before.
1: Yeah, I would agree.
0: Uh, This is getting a binge it, right?
1: Yeah, this is a binge it for me.
0: Amazing. And this one is only available on Amazon right now, I believe.
1: Yeah, this is Amazon for yeah. Amazon owns this. This is a Prime Video streaming title.
0: Ah, okay so you have to have prime to stream this one
1: yeah and i don't know if they if you don't have prime if i'm sure they probably have like you can like pay to rent it or something Mm -hmm. but if you do have an amazon prime this is an amazon production and uh so it's included in your um prime video membership if you have one
0: got it uh so it is streaming on on prime video and it's rated r for language some violence sexual material and brief drug use so brief that's it jason that's it until next decade (laughs)
1: <laughs> time has lost all meaning uh, but, uh, but in theory we will be back next month in que- in quotation marks uh, to do this again and, um, and we'll see what other notable movies are out there to stream while we're all going through this together in the meantime everybody stay home do the right thing uh we love you we're thinking of you uh we're here to chat about any movie stuff you guys want to talk about in the interim because we're all just at home so <laughs> we are we are around and here uh to chat
0: yes thank you so much for listening jason where are you going to chat on twitter
1: uh you can chat with me on twitter or instagram my handle on both is AccessFaggage.
0: still with that i'm uh, at fight Balance on twitter thank you so much for listening stay home stay safe
1: Binging on movies with Rebecca and Jason. You made it to the end, that's amazing. There There goes goes the binge. binge.